previously on Bonehead Weekly. Who are you? (laughs) We finally got Chad straightened out on that Virginia Mayo thing. And now, the conclusion. (laughs) (laughs) Does this episode have car in it? There need to be more episodes with car. But yeah, we could. Nobody under the age of 25 has any flip. Jimmy Carter? has any idea what I'm talking about or what theme I just did. Probably it, but this is 1984 part two because- This is actually 2020, if not 2021. uh, Yeah, probably come out in 2020. I don't know. What day is it? I don't know. Who am I? Why am I here? Where's my horse? Are the beans ready? (laughs) What time is it? Is Zora one? It's a horse, of course. You know, that's the problem with modern television. Not enough songs about talking horses. Is it? Yeah, one of them. Well, speaking of eighty-four, modern song court reboot. Yeah, with who's left? John Larroquette. John Larroquette. I know John Larroquette, Marky Post, and Marsha Warfield, and everybody else is gone. Oh uh, no, no, Richard no! Mole's Charles dead. Huh? I was gonna say, don't you badmouth Richard Mole? Is I Richard, Richard Mole dead? I thought Richard Mole died. I don't. I know. didn't think he did. I thought did he Harry Anderson take him with him. Oh, <laughs> oh, he has no nope, Richard Mole is still alive. I thought so. He did a movie not too long ago. We should get him on Bonehead. And Charles oh Robinson God. is Charles Robinson is still alive and kicking. We should get him on Bonehead. There won't be any Mel Torme cameos, or though. Did Harry, God, I'd love to see him get him John Aston in a cameo, though. Did Harry Anderson take him with him? I don't think so. Harry was anyway. Were we talking about 1984 movies? 1984 movies part two, ladies and gentlemen. Man, that was a good first half, wasn't it? No, that that was that was wicked. Especially when we left off right at insert movie that we left off here. Yeah, yeah. We're taping this, and where I don't know where I'm going to cut it. Well, it's hard because and we don't. don't We really the editing and to our listeners, we really don't know why these year reviews go so long. But they do. It blame James. Uh, you know, though, in all fairness, as long as 1994. That, yeah, that was my fault. Five hours. That was my fault, people. And no, I apologize. Nobody's blaming you. I mean, if the blame was to go, it would be you, but no one's blaming you. I mean, now that you mentioned it, I kind of want to blame him. You know, by the way, the flip side I had to is, talk about Milk Boy. <laughs> the, the flip side about this is, is that we wouldn't do this except this is one of the rare topics that we get positive feedback on. So maybe if people who listen personal to personal feedback, show, yeah, you're yeah. right. James is right. People will reach out and say, I really like those. So they're not our biggest numbers though. and tell us what they like. So far, the only thing we have to go on is viewer numbers, which means we need to do more private detective shows <laughs> and these folks. So I'm unless you want and car episodes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, Enjoy part two of 1984. And give us feedback if you don't enjoy it. Because so help me, eventually we're going to get to 1991. And who wants that? I don't know what came out in 1991. Can we, can we check that? Uh, Terminator who am I talking to? Boss, we can check that out. I don't mind James Thomas. There's not a real, he doesn't have a real assistant. He can't afford one of those. Would you like some toast too, Mr. James Thomas? You know, I no, do that's a, not a very good assistant because he's not calling you Dr. DeVos. No, I'm Dr. DeVos. <laughs> I'm like, don't you badmouth me. And she ain't got a doctorate. Listen Mr. to you, Dr. Biden. Please don't hit me with the chair. We had a strawberry preserve. All we got <laughs> is the grape jelly. Is it sugar free? Is it the extra fiber stuff? I've got to stay regular. 
Anyway, watch this show or no. Nineteen eighty four part two. Now, by the way, June is movies don't lie. June <laughs> is when everything goes sideways about how big certain films got. Yeah, because so we're start, getting close to something. Let's Too start June first because I don't care who you are. There's a movie that came out in June that you, you liked, if not loved. June first, these three films come out all on the Streets same weekend. Of, Streets of Fire. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. But well, hey. hold on now, really quick. <laughs> it is not a good movie. It uh, it does star Michael Pere, but it has Rick Moranis in it, and it was uh, it's directed by. Chad. Walter Hill. Walter, Walter Hill. And I think that may be Walter Hill's first big bomb. You got to remember he'd made 48 hours a couple of years before that. Uh, and, and, but that's that was his first. Ew. I don't, it just didn't work. No. People but never it, talk about it anymore. But it does either. have Diane Lane in it, man. And it, it, but I think there's songs from it that people know that they don't remember the movie. It's kind of like Eddie and the Cruisers. Yeah. On the dark side. Um, mm-hmm. So, Streets of Fire made five million six hundred thousand. Uh, it was beat in for second place of new movies that came out that weekend by Once Upon a Time in America, which was heavily cut for America. Yeah, uh, but all of them were overshadowed by them finding a dead guy in space. Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock <laughs> came out that weekend. Did that open big? Uh, it went on to make eighty-seven thousand. So yeah, I mean, compared Another to other damn drama, you mean eighty-seven million? Yeah, I'm sorry, eighty-seven million. Yeah. So, uh, so, so it did well. I mean, it was no Star Trek four. No, that's none the of them were. Yeah, that's the one. We're... By the way, were streets just in every? Did they have to start releasing one one movie every weekend with street in the title starting in June of eighty-four? Because June eighth. It's a big, big, big weekend for everybody in this podcast. And that's because Beat Street was released. Beat, I'd never heard of it. It's a drama. Made made almost $17 million. But it opened up against two films. Again, the next highest grossing one um, only made $150, uh, I'm sorry, $150 million. Jesus, how many called, dancing movies were there in 1984 again? If it wasn't a drama, it was a dancing movie. Break-in, dan- uh, Footloose. Beat Street, Jesus. Well, See, well, Chad, it, the kids like the dancing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Where's that father from Footloose when we need him? Anyway. The target uh, audience in 1984 against, had shit taste. <laughs> it opened up against Gremlins. But Gremlins opened up oh, against... Yep, I know. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. And Ghostbusters won. That's something funny that we, that we forget because Gremlins is still part of the it's still relevant today but everybody thinks oh gremlin is huge hit it was a huge hit but i don't think it ever actually got to number one because of ghostbusters yeah yeah and you know Um, and and, you know here's the thing i didn't realize and this is just me being ignorant shocker i didn't realize gremlins was a summer movie i thought i thought i thought it seriously came out around christmas you would think it because it's a christmas movie like yeah. Die Hard, but Die Hard didn't come out around Christmas either. It came out in early fall. Man, I did not realize Gremlins was. I I didn't know it came out at the same time as Ghostbusters. It I can't believe the, I came out the same weekend. I figured this out a few years ago, and it always should, because I think as we go, and James, you can correct me as we get through that. I don't think Gremlins ever hits number one because of Ghostbusters. 
I don't think so either. I think and the thing about Gremlins is it wasn't it was a fairly decent budget film, but Gremlins two I think cost three times the amount of money. And please correct me if I'm wrong on this, Chad. I think Gremlins two cost three times the amount of money that Gremlins did. I think you're you're and was released six years later. Yeah, up against Dick Tracy. Yeah, many years later. Six years later, up against Dick Tracy. I don't know what they had against Gremlins. Think it, I, I've heard Joe Dante talk about it. he was walking on Warner Brothers lot, and I don't remember who the exec was. And it's like, ah, Gremlins. And it's like, oh, you do whatever you want, and here's the money. And they, it's like, how are you going to walk away from it? Yeah. So, I mean, so just we're only two weeks into June. We have a Star Trek movie. We have a, a Once Upon a Time in America. This is one of your best. James, you would have, if you were old enough to go to the theater, you would not have left the theater one weekend. No. no. Ghostbusters, Gremlins. And one, then. Yeah, Indiana Jones and Star Trek are all playing at the same time. Yeah. You, you and Police forward, Academy. Yeah. Uh, you jump forward uh, to June 15th. They only released one film, which was an imported film. Careful, he might hear you, which is. I'll be honest. I read the summary of it. Uh, his mother is dead. P.S. lives in Sydney with working class Aunt Lilla and Uncle George. When he's six or eight, the, his posh Aunt Vanessa d- descends from England and basically tries to force adoption on it. I don't understand how the way, he didn't have a big release way summer works that next weekend. Yeah. By the way, um, I'll say this. The poster looks like that, that woman is beginning to make out with that boy. Yeah. Uh, well, you, just wanna go, you just want to go nice. <laughs> so june 22nd there are and again some of these movies aren't huge hits but they're all ingrained in my mind yeah i'll start with the lowest earner first a breed apart i don't know much about it with the drama um but then you jump forward the pope of green uh greenwich village uh greenwich yeah. village came out that weekend drama. which i had never seen till the last year and then Two movies make $21 million this weekend, uh, literally within $300,000 of each other. And both of them have odd places in pop culture for certain people. One of them uh, is Top Secret. Yep. The other one is Rhinestone. Yep. Rhinestone made more. <laughs> um, well, in all fairness, it is Dolly Parton. It's uh, true, but I, you've, I feel like if you're a film person like us you think of rhinestone as being this huge flop and it probably wasn't a big a flop as you were thinking no it did i mean it 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 did not do rocky numbers but no uh, by the way speaking of rocky numbers the number one movie this weekend is the karate kid the number one release no no, i'm sorry you're right the number one new release 90 because i'm now going along with you on the box office yeah yeah 90 million dollars um because those top three films have looked the same for a month ghostbusters gremlins and indiana jones by the way though think about what we see now y'all were talking about i mean so karate kid didn't even put a dent in those three huh no not the first weekend it only opened up at number five wow that being rhinestone actually made more money than it did the opening weekend Think about, as Joe was saying earlier, think about the stuff that we still are looking forward to today that started here. Indiana Jones, Star Trek, Ghostbusters, Gremlins. You get the Karate Kid Cobra Kai on my TV now. Mm -hmm. And then you jump forward to June 29th. um, The new releases, Another Country, wasn't a hit. But you get uh, Conan the Destroyer. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, June 29th. You get 
uh, which was beat by Cannonball Run 2, which was beat by Bachelor Party. No, you got well, according to this, Bachelor Party was number six. Are you mean overall? Overall, you're, you're by the time they end. Okay, yeah, yeah. That being said, Conan Cannonball Run 2 actually knocked Conan Destroyer and Cannonball Run 2 both knocked Indiana Jones out. I'll go through the box office, but Ghostbusters and Gremlins are still Ghostbusters 1, Gremlins 2. We're four wow. weeks into this, and there's only 10 million difference. Gremlins well, no, is fairness. almost 70 million, 70 million by this time, and Ghostbusters is 80. Yep. So far, wow. So every weekend now for four weeks, Ghostbusters is number one and Gremlins is number two with only $10 million separating them. I find yeah. that fascinating. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm bum puzzled. So the, we, we jump forward. So we are now through June and that was a huge June, obviously that still resonates today. Yeah. Um, but and my computer just froze on my screen. That's so okay. Did. Every time I go to the box office mojo, there but but there's not a new lot of new stuff um, what you're looking for, which makes no sense because that was right after the fourth of July weekend. I would say June 29th is the last one till July 9th, and July 9th, I think was the middle of a the week. They did do an international film release and it went on to be pretty big in America, but it was a film that was released internationally in 1980. The gods must be crazy. So I don't understand, guys, how they did not have a movie come out the 4th of July, a big movie. I It's not like they would have had. OK, f- so, for example, for our people listening, yes, Ghostbusters and Gremlins are killing during this time. But it's not like they would have said, oh, my God, we've got a movie coming out the 4th of July weekend. Ghostbusters and Gremlins are killing. We got to pull it. That doesn't happen that way. It would have still came out. How did they not have a 4th of July big opening for 84? Do you all find that odd? I think it's uh, freaking weird because by that time, Jaws at our Jaws and Star Wars, it came by and made the summer, you know, summer films like they are now that you think of. And the 4th of July always has a huge film coming out. Usually a couple. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, was there something? Yeah. I, I honestly, I don't know. That's so odd to me. There has, um, there has to have been a reason. I just don't know what it was. Maybe something got delayed. I don't know. And by but, the way, looking at these, the Karate Kid ended up at making 80 like James was talking about, but it's it's still only at like four, five, four, five, back and forth. Wow. Um, so never July, July 9th, we did get The Gods Must Be Crazy. And if you've never seen The Gods Must Be Crazy, it's got a bajillion sequels and follow-ups and unofficial yeah, follow-ups. Because of China. But it's a, it's a film from Africa, the original one was. And it's actually a comic allegory about a a traveling bushman uh a native uh who is played by and i'm sure i'm mispronounced was the actor he plays z and z finds they he he encounters for the first time ever quote-unquote technology it's a coke bottle and his his village starts to try to figure out how to use it and all these different things it starts causing fights so he decides he's going to return this piece of technology to the gods and along the way, you, you meet a school teacher assigned to a small village. You meet a despotic uh, revolutionary and a clumsy biologist. It's a slapstick adventure comedy, but it is, uh, it, it was a big deal. And, and it was, I mean, it came to America. And in America, despite the fact it was made in 1980, when they released it in 1984, it made $34 million dollars in america which is why it's gotten so many sequels i have no idea why 
have you seen the Dove Must Be Crazy? I think I have, but I can't remember. I think what I've seen is the sequel. Yeah, Dove Must Be Crazy sequel, too. Yeah, yeah, the sequel is not as good. Uh, none of them are. I think eventually there's vampires involved in one of them. I don't know. Seriously, I'm not making that up. But um, I doubt that those ever made it to the states. No, 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 no. no you can get them. Uh, but anyway, July 13th, there's two important films that come out again, talking about pop culture. We get um, The Last Starfighter, yep, which would go on to make $22 million, which and is. The Muppets Take Manhattan. I Okay, I love both those movies. I tell you, The Last Starfighter, I don't know that it still gets enough love. I, I watched it a couple of years ago. It's still... I mean, yes, the visual effects don't hold up, but it's still a pretty damn good story, and it it kind of pops along pretty well. And you end up in—I sp- loved it as a kid. I just freaking loved it as a kid. And uh, it's probably good that you do because evidently we're getting the last Starfighters. Yeah, I soon. know. Yeah, you're right. And the Muppets haven't left. Your and as you were talking about earlier, and Muppets Take Manhattan has one of the best uh, delivery, one of the best lines ever. Uh, can I get you anything? Yeah, the number to the Board of Health. <laughs> um, so that's July 13th. We jump to July 20th, and this is when things start to slow down maybe a little bit, but not majorly so, because we get the following films. One Deadly Summer, another drama for Chad. Uh, that made 51000 The Bostonians, which made 312000 uh, and then we jump to, let me make sure I do this in order, Electric Dreams, which was a comedy that made uh, close to $2 million. Uh, Electric Dreams then leads us to Best Defense, which was another comedy. Um, which came in number two that weekend. It actually knocked Gremlins down. And if you're not familiar with it, there's a reason. It was directed in, uh, by Willard Hyuk. Hyuk, I can't say his name correctly. He would go on to make your favorite film, Chad, based on a duck. Oh really, Howard the Duck? That's Duck, right. Yeah. He and he actually had a huge. He and his wife were screenwriters, and they had a huge summer because they both wrote Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Hmm. But Best oh, Defense really? is considered uh, one of the worst movies Eddie Murphy ever did. It's Eddie Murphy and um, what's his face, Arthur. Why can't I think of Dudley? Dudley Moore. Man, yeah, I Dudley think- Moore is all of the Wilford Brimley and Dudley Moore doing cameos everywhere. Also, um, also too, I just want to point out Bud Court for some reason was a lot was pretty busy in 1984. <laughs> uh, yeah. He, well, the Herald of Maud money finally ran out. Uh, so, uh, and let's see. So that was Best Defense. Made it, it did go on to make 19 million dollars, but not huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I don't know what this is, but it evidently was relatively hit. Maybe you have the English translation of the title. The Undulated. I don't speak German. James, did you get choked on an almond? Well, it came out at number four. I didn't realize it came out in 84 for some reason. But it premiered at at number four, the never-ending story. Oh, that's it. I should have looked that up. I should have known. But James, there's another movie came out that weekend. I know. I know. But I don't like to talk about it because I don't like nerds. Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds. But it was limited release, guys. Oh, I didn't know that. It that came doesn't in, surprise me. It came in at 11. It was limited release. It was only 300, uh, 300 cinemas. They must have opened wide the next weekend. I don't know. I'm waiting. I'm letting James go first and then look. Okay. Um, so we jump uh, to July 27th, and we get 
three films. The lowest earner that weekend was Cheech and Chong's The Cor- uh, Corsican Sorry. Brothers. Thank mm-hmm. you. That was their last movie. They, they, they Can I get that? That was the last Cheech and Chong film. Yeah. yeah. As it um, should have been at that at, point. Yeah, probably. It's pretty bad. <laughs> that was beat by Meatballs 2. And Oof. both of them were... Richard sh- Mulligan. Both of them were way overshadowed by Purple Rain, Purple Rain. Which, by the way, it was the first movie to knock Ghostbusters out of number one. We're at the end of July, and Ghostbusters was still at number one. And it got knocked out by Purple Purple Rain. Rain. Uh, That's disgusting. Hey, (laughs) say what you will about Purple Rain, but it was, I mean, it was. I All right, guys, I'm going to be honest. I don't think I've ever actually seen all of Purple Rain. I think Uh, I've only ever seen scenes of it. I'm right there with you. I haven't, I know I haven't seen, I've seen scenes on it. And those scenes are just like, I don't need to sit through this. Yeah, I guess I probably should watch it. I don't know. Kind of like that in a psycho. <laughs> well, they both have a they both have kick ass dance numbers. By the way, we got one Wednesday release. I guess uh, July thirty first, a horror film came out. It only made thirty one thousand dollars, but I want to mention it uh, because it's called Scream for Help, directed by Michael Winner, writer Tom Holland. Oh, there you go. Uh, starring Rachel Kelly, David Allen Brooks, and Mary Masters. I know who Tom Holland is. Uh, so there you go. Um, August 3rd, we're now getting to the waning days of summer, but we get a couple movies. Grandview USA, another drama for Chad. The comedy, The Joy of Sex. And of course, The Adventure, The Philadelphia Experiment. Yeah. Well, and FYI, Ghostbusters would retake number one and knock Purple Rain back down, and then Gremlins would go back to number three. By the way, I want to talk about August 10th because this is another weekend that young me would have blown my brains out not knowing what to go see. We get three <laughs> new releases, uh, and I'll do them in the order they made money. The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Okay, yeah. so far that would have been the one I would have gone and seen. Cloak and Dagger, which I yeah. loved as a kid. Yeah, I liked it as a kid too. And Still Red Dawn. Yeah, no, I, I would I would have gone and seen Buckaroo. Well, now, Buckaroo, you may have had a hard time, Chad, because it's limited it release. Limited release. Yep. Only in a couple hundred cinemas at 16. Cloak and Dagger was at seven, but Red Dawn knocked Ghostbusters back out of number one. It was a number, it opened up number one that weekend. And again, I'm just going to state, not a fan of Red Dawn. I'm not either. I think it's overrated. It's overrated. It's boring. It's bullshit propaganda. Sorry. I just, nah. And I've you never seen Cloak and Dagger. Don't you? No, I've never seen the remake. I don't know. I don't I've need never to see seen the remake. The re- I've never seen the remake either. I don't need to. Uh, what's, what's, oh, Joe, help me, Red Dawn. Uh, yeah. No, Milius. I, yeah, it's probably his least interesting film. Yes, John Milius' least favorite film. Yeah, it, I, I, I like the least idea of it. I like the idea of it. I just don't know that it's a, it's, uh, the kid, there's not a lot of good performances in that movie. No, I, I know there's a lot of good actors in that movie, but I don't know. It's it's a little bit ah and yay and cheer and this may be this this may be the longest stretch I've ever done in terms of this this ongoing gag. I prefer Toy Soldiers. <laughs> Toy Soldiers is probably more fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh but no, uh, but no it is even... a, it does have a huge there's a lot of people still love that movie. So let me and, be uh, even worse than, than And they're all Republicans. What? You ever see Masterminds with Patrick Stewart? 
No, I have, I have not, not seen it. Oh, you totally need to watch Mastermind with Patrick Stewart. Not because it's great, but you can honestly tell Patrick Stewart is having so much fun getting to play the villain. And we all know what's better than all these movies we have mentioned. The Taking of Beverly Hills. <laughs> I thought, I thought you were, were going to say The Taking of Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> I will never uh, besmirch the movie The Taking of Beverly Hills, Beverly gentlemen. Hills. All right. Next we get we get one Wednesday release for some reason on August fifteenth. Uh, I'm just getting I, mad thinking about Red Dawn and how much I don't care for it. And I, I, I want to mention it because it does either. it does star somebody that I I, I do admire his work. Uh, he stars in it, but he also directed it. Uh, and again, Charles Grodin pops up. Gene Wilder's The Woman in Red premiered on a Wednesday. Uh, that's not a good movie either. No, but it also stars Joseph Bologna. Yeah, he's obsessed with a woman in red, and he wants yeah. to have sex with her. That's that's the plot of the movie. I think, yeah. Is that Gilda Radner's last film? I, she has I a small. I, she has a supporting role in so, that, and yeah. I think that may be her last movie. I think so. Yeah. Well, maybe Haunted Honeymoon. I don't remember. I, I thought Haunted Honeymoon was. I'm checking it out now, guys. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, Haunt, no, Haunted. It was actually Haunted Honeymoon was her. She had an appearance in the Gary Shandling Show in 1988. But yeah, Haunted Honeymoon was her last film. Mm. Movers and then movers and shakers and then the woman in red. Okay. Um. So uh, who was the get, woman in who was the woman in red? Uh, Kelly LeBrock was Kelly LeBrock. LeBrock, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh. So we get to August seventeenth. Four movies came out that weekend. The one that was uh the absolute failure was called Old Enough. Twelve uh, year old Will Brad Lonnie meets the impudent Karen on the street. They spend some time together, and Karen teaches Lonnie some of her favorite pastimes, like makeup and shoplifting. Pass. Real, real coming of age stuff. Um, didn't did not make much money. Uh, that being said, so we go from old enough, another one of those dramas that Chad loved so much, to Sheena, the adventure <laughs> film. I can barely remember it. Uh, made five million dollars uh, in its entire run, but making twelve million dollars, we get Dreamscape. So. Dreamscape is a movie. I actually have it on DVD over here. It's stupid, but it has some great imagery in it. And I liked it a lot as a kid. And I, I watched it a few years ago. It's still stupid, but it does still has some great imagery in it. There's a Dreamscape. snake man. Hmm? Dreamscape. Yeah. Okay. Just make sure. The, 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 cool the movie poster. that would win the weekend, uh, as far as the new release, I'll let you say what was actually still number one. It was number one. Uh, but. If you've ever said, "I wish that Dirty Harry movie would get in," it would fight get into a get into it with uh, um, a death wish. Well, good news, Clint Eastwood is going to make that. He's going to call it Tightrope. I've never seen it. Go on to make forty-eight million dollars. Uh, if you've never seen it, it's not. I mean, do, do you like Clint Eastwood movies? Uh, the I just plot, watched. I just finally watched The Mule this week. You know, I haven't seen it yet. That's one I it's, do. It's pretty good. Watch. Uh, but he plays, he's a single dad in New Orleans, and he's a cop, spoiler, uh, and a serial rapist, a serial killer and rapist, one person. Uh, it, he goes after them, but when he gets really close to the target, the target turns on him and starts hunting him. That's why it's called Tyro. There you go. Uh, that's what the movie's about. Now, that, that's what's the big hit for that weekend. The next weekend, uh, August 24th, there's a drama, Jed, called Cal. I don't know what it's about. I didn't bother to look it up. The comedy Oxford Blues. And that's it for August 24th. Yeah, Tightrope is still number one, and Ghostbusters is still number two. 
Uh, August 29th, which is a Wednesday, we get two films. Uh, Choose Me, which was a comedy that only made about 2500000 during its entire run. An international film, um, Les Nudes de la Plaine de Lune. I don't know. Um, August 31st, though, is another important date for all the times we reference a movie that came out this weekend. The, there's a drama come uh, that came out called Bolero, which was the one that made the most of the new releases, went on to make $9 million. But, and there's Flashpoint, which was an action film, but most important to us, Chud. Chud would go on to make 4700000 but we referenced Chud enough on this show, we should probably give it. I didn't, I'm kind of, I'm, Chud made that much money. Wow. You want to hit a sequel? Yeah, Chud. Chud. Too, Bud the Chud. Chud. It was, I didn't realize it was made by New World Pictures. Me neither. Wow. So I, I just wanted to make sure we got credit, uh, you know, for Chud there. Yeah. Um, so now, was, that, was that John Goodman and Daniel Stern's acting debut or was they, was uh, it? Well, John Goodman, there would have been two movies that came out that he was in that summer. One was Revenge of the Nerds, which he had a huge role in and then a very small role in Chud. That's uh, right. Yeah. That's yeah, right. that sounds right. So we, we are now, uh, well, Hold on, my thing's not loading. And by the way, Tightrope is still number one. And Ghostbusters is still number two. Um, I'm going to have to refresh my page. It's not going to pop back up with my list. John Goodman had five movies before he did uh, before he did uh, Revenge of the Nerds and Chud. Mm. Um, I, I am looking up Daniel Stern because I thought, I want to say it was Daniel Stern's. Uh, that, that was probably Daniel Stern's first big role. Because John Goodman's no, only in that in the end, right? Daniel Stern, yeah. Daniel Stern had been acting since 1979, so no, that is not anywhere near his. So wow, his big role. He was in Blue Thunder. Oh, um, that's right. He is. He's Roy Scheider's uh, partner that gets killed midway through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're to September. We're through the summer now. Things are going to slow down a little bit here. We get two interesting films released on september 7th are they dramas uh no there's a comedy and an action the one that makes the least is the action film that would be the warrior and the sorceress uh and if you look at the uh poster it is not what the movie looks like but directed by johnson c broderick also based on screenplay by johnson c broderick that- starring david carradine and lucas you and uh marius sorkis it is about how could warrior. somebody draw David Carradine looking like Hulk Hogan? Now, in all fairness, they because do the same he with Bruce does Campbell. look like him. They do the same with Bruce Campbell, a uh, Campbell for Army of Darkness. Posters. Oh yeah, it's right here next to me, and uh, his pecs and abs do not look the like one that. poster I don't own. Uh, but the other one that came out is oh one no, there's tons people. of posters. You well, don't yeah. know. <laughs> I, I was waiting on one of your <laughs> son of a bitches to do it. Uh, the, there's one, there's one, uh, one movie that comes out this weekend though that some people do have a soft spot for in their heart. Uh, the Brother from Another Planet. John oh. Sales, written, directed, starring yeah. Joe Morton. So, Brother from Another Planet. There you go. Uh, that was a comic. Uh, we jumped to September 14th. Now again, if I'm going too fast uh, and you don't get to jot down all these dramas, Chad, you just yell. Oh, I'll geez. keep uh, going. Let's speed it up. There I, is I, one that comes out this weekend I like though. Una More de Swan, the love of Swan. Uh, it's a drama that came out that was the lowest earner. Uh, then we get to Exterminator 2, the action right. film. 
don't think Ninja I'm, Three, yeah. the Domination. They're both from course, Canon. Uh, yeah. And the, the final one, the drama, A Soldier Story, which is a really good movie that I also don't think people talk about anymore. Have you we guys get, ever seen it? I no. don't know. It's about an African American uh, African American platoon, and the sergeant gets murdered, and uh, uh, the guy that was in the Heat of the Night, the TV show, Chad Howard uh, Rollins. Yeah, he is the investigator who sent in to figure out why he was murdered. And it's based on a famous play. It's got Denzel Washington in it. By the way, no idea how I pulled Howard Rollins out of my I don't know how you pulled that one out either. It's a really good movie. I'm pulling it up now. Poster's not very, not very intriguing. No, 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 no. It's, it's directed by, I can't think of his name. The same guy that directed in the heat of the night. Uh, Oh, Norman Jewison. Yeah. Norman Jewison. It's a really good movie. It's based on a famous play. Wow. Um, we get one Wednesday release after this week, which is uh, of no account, something called Amadeus. <laughs> Came out September 19th. I heard he rocked him. Yeah. I think Good that's the story of Falco. Uh, <laughs> say he Falcor? Did he no, did Falco. Too. Rock me, Amadeus. Um, September 21st, there is a slew of movies released, none of which are of any major account though i do have a few in my uh place in my soft uh soft spot in my heart for a couple of them but again i'll start with the uh there's an action film called uh i'll start with the drama for chad windy city uh that only made three hundred forty-three thousand. the river rat was an action film that made seven hundred ninety thousand dollars. that is not a action film have you guys ever seen that no i haven't have you ever even heard of it it stars tommy lee jones Oh no! And I, I watched no. it several times as a kid, and he is a he is an ex convict who gets out of prison, and goes back home, and his daughter is being raised by maybe his mom or grandmother. I remember he has a thing for hush puppies. Played and by the underappreciated Martha Plimpton. Martha Plimpton, thank you, Chad. I couldn't remember her name. And they're fixing a boat, and there's some sort of something that happens. But I feel like I'm the only person that's ever seen this damn movie. I, I have not. So yeah, you're. I wouldn't yep. even know where to find it, but I probably watched it a half a dozen times as a kid. And Tommy Lee Jones, you say? Tommy Lee Jones stars um, in it. Yeah, absolutely. So go ahead. Uh, there's a couple other big ones this weekend. Yeah, there's um, uh, the next one in order of of how much they made their entire run is until December. I'm sorry, until September. I don't know why I said until September. Um, if you've never heard of until September, there's a reason for that. Stars mm-hmm. Karen Allen. Never heard of it. That's who it stars. That's it. Uh, she's a salt of the earth Missouri woman on vacation in Paris. <laughs> Just keep going. Um, I'm not making that up. That's what it's about. I know. Uh, I can, I, I, the I evil that men do is the action film that comes out. I never heard of that one either. I just looked it up. It's Charles Bronson. I've never heard of that film. That has to be canon, right? No, it was from TriStar. I'm oh, also wow. shocked. Uh, and there's two films, both of which go on to make between 34 and $36 million. Places in the Heart as yep. a drama. And the one that has a soft spot in my heart, All of Me, Lily Tomlin and Steve Martin. Okay. I'm going to piss off a bunch of people with this. Yep, I don't care for All of Me. I don't care for All of Me either. I, it's not. It's I, also it, directed by Carl Reiner, right? It makes no sense okay no. that doesn't bother me i never found it funny i wonder i don't if find, find it funny, it funny either, now no i didn't i watched it i watched it last month 
didn't you laugh really? one. Yeah. Why were you did, watching all of me last? Because I, I wanted to see if I because I, I love Steve Martin. I love Lily Tomlin. I love Carl Reiner. I was like, to I me, it's rem- his least successful picture with Carl. I don't Reiner. remember. I was like, why did I not like this movie as a kid? So I rewatched it. I'm like, oh yeah, it's not funny, and the plot is stupid. <laughs> but that was a, probably he and Carl Reiner's biggest hit, right? Sorry, James. I'm, that, I'm, I'm not. The, no, 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 no. What I was going to say. That and the jerk. Maybe I, this. Yeah, I have a soft spot in my heart for it. But I, what I was going to say is, I can't tell you that I find it funny. Okay, good. I just think I think the interaction between Lily Tomlin and Steve Martin. I would. Lo- I wish they did more stuff together. Yeah. I they're like they're extremely talented. Yeah. I just never found the movie funny. That's what I'm no. saying. Like, no. I have a soft spot because it makes me wonder what could be mm. uh, as they are both still with us. There's like one film it, where I felt Steve Martin was trying too hard. And the, if you are a fan of Carl Reiner and Steve Martin, I, my suggestion is not the jerk. It's the man with two brains. The two brains. Yep. That's the funniest movie they made. Sorry. I know everybody loves the jerk. I like the jerk too. I love I the say, jerk. You can watch both, folks, because I'm not going to give up the jerk. I'm not giving it up. Yeah. I, I just all I need. Like, by the way, DVD. the least successful movie they made, box office wise, man, with, with two brains. Yeah, but um, I agree. So, I agree with Joe. I prefer. I, I love the jerk, but yeah, I'll pick the man with two brains. It's <laughs> fucking hilarious. It is. I mean, so, it is fucking hilarious. The Still absurdist. Is. The Still, absurdist it, humor. Absolutely. You either get it. You don't get it, so I get that. That's probably the reason why it's. I don't know though. The jerk's pretty absurdist as well. No, no it it's, is. It's just not. It's not I mean, it's not it's a pinball. I mean, literally bouncing off pinballs. Joe, he licks his hands to go across walls. <laughs> September twenty eighth. <laughs> oh, well, see, you could do so much with this in the apartment. It looks like a castle. Yeah, it's all cardboard. Sorry, <laughs> we're laughing about it. I have the poster. I need to hang it up. Uh, September 28th is the next weekend. There's a couple movies that came out this weekend that some people still talk about, though none of them are on my favorite list. Starting with the lowest is another drama for Chad, Heartbreakers. Will go on to make $104,000. Never heard of it. Um, That is beat by uh, the musical, another musical for Chad, called Body Rock. Um, that's look a new it up, world. folks. I'm not making this up. Uh, uh, but that in turn is beat by The Bear, a drama. Uh, and I remember The Bear vaguely. I remember The Bear. Uh, and that is beat by the thriller suspense film Impulse, which made 2774000 By the way, uh, I do not remember The Bear. I got it wrong. This is actually about Bear Bryant. I was actually thinking of that movie about the actual bear. Yeah, that the, came yeah out. about the little, little cubby. Up. I've no. never heard of The Bear about Bear Bryant. Um, By the and, way, I'm just, just going to point out again, look up the poster for Impulse and see another awkward damn kiss. <laughs> he, is, <laughs> he has his lips firmly on her nose. Well, that's how you kiss a lady. A lady. <laughs> like he's getting ready to breathe inside her nose. Uh, what the hell, 1984? Uh, Tim Matheson he, and Meg Tilly. And I wouldn't be kissing Meg Tilly's nose. I'm sorry. Two, the two films that were higher at the box office that premiered this weekend are both comedies. The Wildlife, I don't know if I know that one. I've never heard of that movie. The I just Wildlife? Never yeah, heard The of Wildlife. It. And irre- Irreconcilable Differences. Which, okay, is not a bad movie if you've ever been through a divorce. But I wouldn't um, tell anybody guys, to go out and find it. The Wildlife was written by Cameron Crowe. Really? I've never heard of it. 
Yeah, it yeah. stars Chris Penn and, and Eric Stoltz and Jenny Wright and Leah Thompson. And it was directed by Art Linson, guys. Huh. I need a high to school check wrestler out. parties with his buddy at a swinging singles apartment complex. Huh. It was actually one of only two films that Art Linson directed. The other one, of course, being Where the Buffalo Roam. Hmm. Well, now we have something to think about. Uh, so that was it. Um, September 29th, we did get a midweek release, another drama, because Chad wanted it. 1984 dramas, evidently. Country. There you go. I don't know anything about it. Did um, they have an O in it? Wash your mouth. That was so... Dang it. Joe beat me to it. I, I, uh, I oh, Full disclosure, that is a Family Guy joke. Oh, it is? October yeah. It's, he, he, Quagmire buys an a, a RV, and Brian goes... You don't see it. You just see it from Brian brian's over his shoulder and goes uh quagmire doesn't a country have an o in it uh, yeah um so we get one uh we jump forward to october october 3rd which was a wednesday gave us one wednesday release uh that would be the classic film that nobody remembers it was an international film uh behind the yellow line uh, which was, it was, uh, I believe, a film originally. He's pissing on my shoes. <laughs> in Hong Kong. Uh, but it did get American release. And it did make $2 million in America, a romantic comedy from Hong Kong. There you go. Now, October 5th, the normal release, um, uh, we, we get a couple here. Let me go through the ones that did not make any money. Another drama for Chad called Eureka. <sighs> An adventure film called The Perils of Gwendolyn, an action film called Savage Streets, and a horror movie, and I, I'm assuming this is Italian, Los Guatalor de New York. Squat on who? Made no money, so or right. it didn't make enough to track. Um, but there was a comedy that we released that made $23,000 Stranger Than Paradise not Stranger Than Paradise which is a graphic novel um, but the drama that made the most money this weekend making $27 million during its run was Teachers Teachers is a comedy to me well evidently have you they, guys ever seen it I don't think I have Nick I Nolte so. no well, no. what's her face walks naked at the end of it all the way through it, but it's about teachers going Joe insane. Joe Beth Williams. Joe Beth Williams, yeah, she gets topless and walks at the end of it through the school. But it's a uh, kind of a hard R for the time. Uh, yeah, it's a fairly decent ever, hit, huh? None of that stuff ever happened in my school. It, it's not a bad movie, but I don't think anybody, just like you two gentlemen. Don't, it was number one for several weeks, but neither one of you have ever even seen it, much less remember. Yeah, I don't remember it. it but I've seen Arthur, it. It was directed by Arthur Hiller too. So I was. It's yeah. not a yeah. If you ever get a chance to watch it, don't get me wrong. Don't break your neck to go out to see it. It's just it's not a bad movie. I'm looking at the cast. I mean, I, I would definitely see it. I mean, Nick Nolte, Joe Beth Williams, Judd Hirsch, Ralph Macchio. It's, uh, it's more entertaining than Weeds. Royal Dano is in it, and so is Art Matrano. I mean, and Morgan Freeman, for God's sakes, and Crispin Glover. I mean, this cast is amazing for this movie. Yeah, it's not as good as the cast, but it's also not a bad movie. Hmm. Next, uh, James. So we are now to October 12th, and there's three films that come out one i'm getting tired not- in the car and i'm tired of that truck backing up <laughs> it, i don't know how much popcorn can one person make she is making chocolate uh anyway comfort and joy 
uh, is old uh, tidings <laughs> of comfort and joy. It was a comedy that didn't make any money. It's written and directed by Bill Forsyth. Uh, here's the summary. Alan Bird witnesses how an ice cream van is attacked and destroyed by an angry competitor. This leads him into the struggle between two Italian families, the Bernardis and the Rossis, over which ice cream van can sell where in Glasgow. Okay, just by that description, I would see it. Yeah, I probably yeah, would I was, I, it. Yeah, yeah. It was an Italian import. It didn't make a lot in America. But uh, two dramas, Chad, finished out this weekend. Uh, of that would be Garbo oh, and it has, Talks and, and Bill Patterson. I love Bill Patterson. So I Garbo would definitely... Talks and Songwriter. Are you still talking about teachers? No, I'm talking. I was talking about Comfort and Joy. I love Bill Patterson. Oh, tidings of <laughs> Comfort gonna... and Joy. The two dramas were Garbo Talks and Songwriter. I'll move on. Yeah, yeah. October nineteenth, we get a slew. Well, of you can films. listen. You can let me talk about Bill Patterson some more. I love Bill Patterson. Have I mentioned how much I like Bill Patterson? His what voice do you like is amazing. Most about Bill Patterson, Chad. Uh, I liked his role as Mister Jenkins in The Witches. And uh, you know, he does a, he does a lot of voice work. I'm trying to quickly talk about his voice work, and I can't find out what his voice work was. That's okay. While you were looking at Bill Patterson's voice work, why don't you tell us about October nineteenth, James? Or is that October 19th is interesting because it does have uh, a couple notable things that happened that weekend. Uh, there's a drama release, Chad. I know there's not been a lot of those this year uh, called Best Revenge. It does not make any money. No. It makes so little it's not tracked. Um, but the other ones that come out do make a little bit. Crimes of Passion is a thriller suspense film that will go on to make almost $3 million at the box office. There's another thriller suspense film with the little called The Little Drummer Girl. Joe, would you like to sing that Christmas carol while you're doing tidings of comfort? And oh, tidings <laughs> of comfort. I don't know Little Drummer Girl. The, the, uh, Crimes the of Razor's Passion was directed Edge. by Ken Russell. The Razor Edge is it's a drama that's World. released. Yeah. Well, the Razor's yeah. Edge is Bill Murray's movie. Yes, that's what he also, got. He got to do the Razor's Edge because of Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, that was the whole reason he did Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. It and Little Drummer Girl should be mentioned because, and and Little Gr- Drummer Girl should be mentioned because it was directed by George Roy Hill. So, um, but the big deal this that, uh, that came out this weekend, um, there's it doesn't make the most money, but I, I think it's important is the concert performance film by the talking heads stop making sense well that's the only yeah. thing that come out this weekend that people still talk about or remember yeah yeah directed by demi mm-hmm. Jonathan it, Demi. Uh, so personal story of chad jennings of how i got introduced to that that documentary the talking heads uh same as 19 uh, july same as it ever was july 31st 1991 i'm sorry july- tuesday the wind was blowing westward Wait, let me correct myself, and I don't even know why I said those di- time frames. December thirty first, nineteen ninety nine, is what I was trying to say. <laughs> uh, sitting in my friend's house, getting uh, drinking way too much vodka, uh, watching that, and then proceeding not to see the change to the new century, uh, the new yeah century, because I was vomiting in his uh, in his toilet. Well, that's good. Yeah, same as it ever was. Same. As- <laughs> um, Oh my God. The number one movie, the movie that will go on to make the most money, though, is Thief of Hearts, which is a drama. I've never heard of it. Neither have I. I haven't either. If anybody wants to check who's in it, but I'll I'll move on. Not particularly. October 26th. We're getting near the end, folks. Uh, Here we go. Another slew of films, some of which 
uh, are important because they were remade as, as dramas later on. Key note here is the documentary is released. There's two documentaries released, one called Streetwise. Yeah. More importantly, though, there's a theatrical drama, a documentary release called The Times of Harvey Milk. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know anything about milk? That's kind of important. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't now, body good. I can't help it. I'm so sorry. Oh, tidings of comfort. Now, uh, let, me, let me run through this pretty quickly. Um, there's a musical release called Give My Regards to Broad Street that makes $1,300,000. There is Paris, Texas is released, the drama. Uh, that is American Dreamer, the romantic American, comedy. Can I talk a little bit about Paris, Texas? Yeah. No, that is a, that is, what is his name? He's Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah, oh, no, the Wim guy Winders. that directed Wim, Wim Wenders or Wim Wenders. That's a fantastic movie if you ever get a chance to. It's a, I've never heard of it. You really? I, I actually would I, I'm not being a smart ass. I actually thought you would have heard of it or saw it. He, you know, he honestly, is, Joe, I don't tell you, I, I would have thought I would have heard of this too. Harry Dean Stanton, it's one of the ones he's remembered for. And, and Natasha Kinski. Yeah, and it's written by uh, Kit Carlson, who would go on, who won a couple awards and was like, shit on that. I can't be an award winning screenwriter. Fuck you, people. Can I give Texas Chainsaw Massacre part two? <laughs> Google it. I don't doubt it. <laughs> I, I oh, mean, if you look at the at the at actual actual making of, of it, they interview him. He's passed on now. He's like, oh, Paris Tech. Yeah, no, I was starting. To, I was like, well, I can't have this. <laughs> I um, think it's hilarious. And he wasn't being funny. Go uh, ahead. So uh, we'll see Paris, Texas, and then American Dreamer, a romantic comedy. Never heard of uh, it. that was um, uh, overshadowed by Terror in the Isles. Which was number two that weekend. And I've yep. never heard of this. Do you know well, what it, it is? It's listed oh. as multiple genres. It's a compilation of scenes from many science fiction, crime, drama, and horror films of the 30s through the 80s. Huh. I have never seen it. Probably watch that. Uh, I would too. If I want to see from movies, I would just rather watch the movie, guys. But I well, like but what if I don't have the this time. is about? Uh, anyway, uh, that was... It's narrated uh, by Danny Donald Pleasance and Nancy Allen. That was overshadowed by Body D- Double, which would go on to make $8,800,000. Um, I like Body Double. Actually, and, well, Body Double has a really sinister murder in it. That's probably... Well, I left off Firstborn, which was a drama. That's, uh, it, but that being said, all of these were overshadowed by The Terminator. Yeah. So... Uh, the Terminator. There you go. Uh, we're oh, now which into- was number one. It opened yeah. at number one. Um, I prefer Salvation. <laughs> he's not talking it. about the movie. He's actually <laughs> he's looking for some sort of. Christian um, Bale can act. Man, can he you're... act? And what's what's his name? Clash of the Titans. Uh, Sam Wentworth. Woodsworth, I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, this joke's going nowhere. Hey, Avatar. we're in November now. Yeah. Um, Thank God I'm getting tired. <laughs> November 2nd. Uh, you mentioned how the audience feels. Yeah. November 2nd, we get three films Blame It on the Night, which is a comedy. Anybody? Blame It on the Night? Nope. Want to talk nope. about it? Okay, move on. Love Lines, which is a comedy. Nope. But both of those don't get the attention of the next film because so many people wanted to rush out and see this feel good piece of cinema. The Killing Fields. 
which uh, I, I have it DVR'd and I've yet to watch it. Uh, it won awards, right? Like, I remember mm-hmm. that being a big deal. It's direct, just, it's star Sam Watterson. It's about Pol Pot's. Yeah, yeah. it's very, Killing. very, yeah, I and can't the, do it. Folks. Yeah, I can't either. And the, uh, the actor who plays, uh, Dith Prawn is actually, uh, like, he's not an actor. He was there. Yeah. Uh, I, I really? remember. Yeah. Have you guys TNT, seen the movie? I can't. I can't I think watch it, TNT Joe. TNT showed it. And I remember when they were getting ready to show it, they made a big deal out of it. And they talked about the Academy Awards and all that stuff. And I literally, I think I watched the first 40 minutes of it. And I said, I can't do this. Like, I can't. Yeah. It is a visceral experience. And, and for me, and it's now that's been a long time ago, folks. I probably do need to try again. But to me, it's Schindler's List is a tragic story told artistically. The Killing Fields is an effective story told viscerally mm, i need to watch you now you're making me want to actually watch it uh so i need to try to go back but yeah yeah i mean it. i may but man it's just one of those ones i just couldn't make myself sit. and i I'll, I'll be the first to say i have a hard time sitting through schindler's list i've seen it twice you and both time in your last time no. <laughs> sorry that's terrible. No. Uh, but no i just know i, I just know joke. i know what's going to happen in that film and it hurts to watch that i mean i just can't seeing true human awfulness is just not something i want to see watch when i go to cinema and i know it's important for me to see it it's just i have to be in that a specific mindset in order to sit down well this will make you feel better yeah okay speaking of pure human awfulness okay yeah james that was the only movie for that weekend right uh, the major film, yeah. Right. So next weekend, speaking of pure human awfulness, what was the number one movie? Would that be no. Nightmare on Elm Street? No, on November 9th. No, not you know what? Not that it wasn't till oh, the third. Are you one. talking about Oh God, you devil? There you go. <laughs> Jesus. By the way, I, I didn't know that Oh God, you devil, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and a Nightmare on Elm Street all, all came out the same weekend. All came out the same weekend. And here's another funny thing that along I, with no small affair that nobody remembers. But that, well, I, I want people to know because you think a nightmare on Elm Street, and it's uh, obviously it's the house uh, new line is the house that Freddie built. And those movies were successful, but they were successful over limited release. The first two, it wasn't until the third one that we started looking at, at premiering at number one. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I was looking at something the other day uh, when we were, you were brought up 84 and it led me to something. I was looking at 85 and back to the future and something else. Not on M street two never was much more than number eight or nine. And then they re-released it in the spring of 86 or in like in January and February where it made more money. So these movies weren't huge hits till the third. Well, they weren't, they weren't number one box office premieres. So we remember, Oh God, you devil. Yeah. Okay. When I was a kid, I loved George Burns. I did. Is he one of those most like overrated comedians ever? Cause I just, I don't find anything he does funny. Well, yeah. Probably okay because I let's just, see who who else is really overrated. Milton Berle. Um, Milton Berle stole a lot though, right? Yeah, Milton Berle was notorious for stealing. Who's Jim Gaffigan? <laughs> Here, oh, let me like, piss up. I, I mm, why do you hate Jim Gaffigan? I don't hate him. I don't 
necessarily find him all that funny. I will say he's I will, America's Dave Kool-Aid. I have laughed at. Uh, so I'm going to agree <laughs> with Joe Jimmy. on some aspects of Jimmy Gaffigan, especially when he goes, "Why would you do?" When he when he does he that, he does voice. the same shit every ten minutes. Minutes, it gets annoying. But that being said, there are parts where I will laugh at Jimmy Gaffigan. I can't think of one thing I've ever laughed at it, but George Burns has done. I do not, before someone sends me hate mail, hate Jim Gaffigan. I just don't think he's all that funny. No, no, no. You, he is funny in part. I mean, he performed with the Pope, but no, you're you're good, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Some, uh, you know, invisible deity told this guy that he should be the dude, and everybody agreed. <laughs> yeah. George Burns is the Dane Cook of that. <laughs> Dane Cook would probably – I probably am getting because uh, I'm going to have people later say I hate Jim Gaffigan. It's not true. I think Jim Gaffigan can be funny. I just don't know that he's as funny as the people say he is. He's not Dane Cook. So Chad's right about that. Yeah, yeah. Dane Cook probably more accurate. But I All still right. say Jim Gaffigan's overrated. Keep going. All right. So Joe hate hates Jim Gaffigan. We got it. <laughs> can the title of this episode be 1984? Joe hates Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> Only oh, look, if, only I'm if another joke about being a dad and fat and I eat too much. Is that pretty accurate? <laughs> yeah, I but think that's, that's pretty spot on. That's res- that resonates with me, Joe. Well, much I get than- it too. I'm a dad. I've ate too much. I was eating too much before I had the little bastard. So keep going, Jay. Much more than that. That uh, much more than the jokes about doing cocaine and whatnot. Uh, November 16th, there's a slew of films that come out. All dramas. And, and I want to talk about three films that made no money or made so little they couldn't, they didn't track them. Oh, okay. But, you did talk about Nightmare on M Street. And yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And Silent Night, Deadly Night. Really quick, you all. Can I say, you, uh, that was a huge, everybody was pissed about Silent Night, Deadly Night. When it, it, they made Santa Claus yeah. a villain, and we probably don't think about it now, but that was a controversial film at the time. I'll hey, shut up now. No, the other thing you got to think about, guys, they made Santa Claus the villain. We are in the height of the satanic panic. I guess yeah. you're right. I guess you're absolutely right, Chad. But they were mothers on the street boycotting and picking yes. this movie. I mean, uh, Santa Claus is a murdering psychopath. Yep. And Dungeons and Dragons was almost outlawed. I mean, yep. you, you can kind of see. It really was. It where really this is was. going. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, People are playing D and D, and they're going to kill their mothers. You got to think. You got to think about the time frame and why Silent Night, Deadly Night was. Yeah, yeah. So I know what you're thinking. October 26th gave us the Terminator. This must have been a phenomenal year <laughs> for Linda Blair. Well, don't worry because she's in one of the movies that made so little it they didn't even track it. They came out November 16th. Not even a month later. She was in Night Patrol. <laughs> Night Patrol. Have you all seen this? It's a comedy. No, I've never seen it. Here's the plot. It'll never be a, as good as Repossessed. A hapless police officer is transferred to the night shift even as he clandestinely pursues a career as a stand-up comedian. Starring Linda Blair. Sorry, Dane Cook and Jim Gaffigan. Starring Linda Blair, Pat Paulson, Billy Barty, and Pat Morita. I want to see it now. You know what role Pat Morita plays, Joe? Who? You can look it up. Rape victim. (laughs) 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 Yeah, because he didn't get any residuals from the karate kid. I will say say this. The uh, poster looks like right out of Mad Magazine. Um, 
Pat Paulson, for some of you all, was famous from the Smothered Brothers Comedy Hour. That one may be a little obscure for some of our audience. I do right? like the yeah. He ran for president once. Back I do when like that the was tag- a joke. I do like the tagline on the poster: "The streets are crawling with weirdos, hookers, perverts, and peeping toms." And this time, they're wearing badges. Um, they're, they're making say they're making America safe. Dot dot dot. Barely. Uh, the other movie, another movie that didn't make enough money to be tracked was yes. Give Me an F. And this was supposed to be the bad news bears for cheerleading. Can a squad of misfit cheerleaders with an overage trainer possibly win the big cheerleading competition? Looked down upon by the other teams. It will be a difficult task. Uh, They'll take that ski school back. It was com- The other one was Raw Courage, which has since been released as Courage. And here's the tagline for it. Or I'm sorry. The, the summary is marathon runners are taken captive in desert by right-wing militia starring Ronnie Cox, Art Hindle, and M. Emmett Walsh. The tagline for the movie, they started uh, out running for glory and ended up running for their lives. Those were the movies that didn't chart at all. The ones that made some movie, uh, made enough money to get charted, Razorback, the horror film. Anybody want to talk about Razorback? I mean, uh, that's the first movie from uh, the guy that direct that would uh, direct the Highlander. Uh, what's his face? Russell. A bunch of assholes from Arkansas. Russell McCahey. McCahey. Um, uh, and then the, a right. drama film made $2 million, uh, and I'm going to slaughter the thing because I don't speak French. Un dimanche de la champagne, a la champagne. Um, Should have made your bread. <laughs> that made $2 million. Uh, the comedy, Just the Way You Are. Never go on to make seven million five hundred thousand dollars, but the horror film Night of the Comet would make fifteen million two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I don't know that that's a be overshadowed. It's a science, more of a science fiction. Uh, that's what I always thought too. But I'm going by what they say. Um, Valley Girl overshadowed, of course, alone. by the action film. Oh God, you definitely missing in action. Oh, yeah, you can't talk about 1980s without talking about a Chuck Norris film. You know, Cannon had a movie about every weekend, but yeah. Missing in Action was number one at the box office. Uh, man, I'm, I don't know why I'm shocked, but I'm just stunned that Cannon had number one films. But they didn't have any good ones. No. Well, none of their movies that were good. They only made three good movies. Um. So that's November 16th. Because of Thanksgiving, they flip, uh, flip their schedule around a little bit, releasing. Uh, so on November 21st, which will be the last two release, major releases of the, the month, uh, they released a drama, Falling in Love, which made $10 million during its run, a little bit over $10 million. And we mentioned it earlier, Supergirl, released on November 21st. What a dog turd. Uh, would make $14 right. That's got Peter O'Toole in it, right? Yes. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. How bad uh, is it, honestly? I, I, I watched, Be fair. Again, it's terrible. I watched it about two and a half, three months ago uh, with my girls. And even they were not, they were like, Dad, this is terrible. Uh, it's just the effects, the acting, it's uh no it's i got there's nothing redeeming about it and then that whole final act i mean she's a witch i just nothing it makes I don't no even remember, remember yeah faye dunway's a witch who takes this alien device and becomes pa- like this alien piece of technology and it increases her witch powers 
it it's just it's just terrible awful well real quick do you know and it may not come up on that james but they re-released a christmas story that weekend oh no it wasn't come up on mine mm-hmm. um next weekend so next weekend uh, which now puts us in December. Hey, the final stretch. But speaking of movies that have stuck around and we still hear possible remakes, December 5th, on a Wednesday, we get Beverly Hills Cop would go on to make over $300 million in a Ghostbuster-like move. Yeah. And the thing is, is it went made $230 million at domestically, which was right about... Let me see what Ghostbusters ended up making because uh, 229, I guess they thought they count because for the longest time until Home Alone, Ghostbusters was the highest rated comedy. And I guess they called Beverly Hills Cop an action film. I really would like to see, and this is serious, and it'll never happen, obviously. But this falls into that, that if I was in another dimension, I would really love to see Sylvester Stallone's version of it where there's no comedy and it's just action. Yeah. Well, you know, he turned down Ghostbusters. He was going uh, yeah. because they wanted Eddie Murphy. Yeah, it was supposed to be. Uh, it was supposed to be John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, and Eddie Murphy. Yeah. So, uh, but no, just seeing Sylvester Stallone. Because if you, if you don't know Beverly Hills Cop, it was originally going to be a Sylvester Stallone vehicle. Yep. And he demanded screenwrite. He wanted last, you know, screen uh whatever joe help me here i'm uh, my brain's failing where he is he able to write the final script he wanted to be able to write the final script yeah and, it, and, and his final script was take out all the comedy and make it a straight action film yep and they just wouldn't let him so he walked away and they gave it to eddie murphy right yeah yeah i think it's directed by martin brest who would later go on to do sin of a woman uh, and uh that Gigi or Jiggly or Giggly or Gigli. Gigli. Yeah. Um, so right. that was that that was a Wednesday release. Uh December seventh, we get um the initiation, the horror film. Didn't make a lot of money. <laughs> uh, we also get one that went going to make thirty eight million dollars, and I just have to bring it up. City Heat. But you know it came in number three the cast on that and i i need to go back and watch it because it's an action comedy crime but it's clint eastwood burt reynolds madeline khan rip torn i i I need to go back and holy geez i need to see this film i haven't seen it i've only seen parts of it do you want to talk Um, about the other one yeah yeah i'm sorry uh but if you've never seen city heat i need to go back and watch it I'm sure i need to I go back and watch it i don't remember a thing about it i know it takes place in like gangster 20s right and yeah it's another yeah. richard benjamin film um, i didn't know it was 2010 2010 is the other big release would go on to make 41 million dollars not exactly 2001 numbers but no but i in my heart feel like 2010 was a failure but i'm looking at it and it clearly wasn't a huge failure made 40 million was open number two what movie was this 2010 the sequel to oh. 2001 based on the arthur c clark book for you all that didn't know arthur c clark wrote 2001 with kubrick and then went on to write the book and then he wrote a couple of sequels 2010 i think 2069 and then 3001 Does that sound yeah. about right i think yep. i got that accurately they're pretty good books by the way if you if you if you i i if you're a fan i uh, they're pretty good 
I think I've read all of them. Oh, look, I still have my, my web browser up where it says Peter Coyote did narrate Home Depot commercials. Oh, my God. <laughs> 2010 is not a bad movie, but no one remembers it. <laughs> no. Roy Scheider was the was the hero. Um, so December 14th uh, is a big one for other reasons. And, and uh, we get 1984 is released this weekend um, with John Hurt. If you've never seen it, you should watch it. Uh-huh. Um, you also get the Cotton Club, which will go on to make $25 million. You get Mass Appeal, A Passage to India, uh, Runaway, and... <laughs> which I made a joke about earlier. It was like, Runaway was this... Is this the Tom Selleck one? Yeah, I loved that movie as a kid, but I it was did, not I, a big hit. Yeah, no, I did as well. Tom Selleck he, chasing with Kirstie Alley, if I'm not mistaken. Kirstie Alley, and it's directed by, oh, what's the writer you love, Chad? Michael Crichton. Crichton. Yeah, Michael Crichton. Yeah, I, I love that movie as a kid. I didn't know these two movies came out the same weekend. And the fact that which one of them actually went on to gross the most, because uh, Passage to India made $27 million mm-hmm. over its entire run. But which I've never seen. Dune would go on to make 27 million five hundred thousand about uh over its entire run mm. and so dune frank herbert the mm-hmm. attempt to adapt it we could talk about jared jared rusky's dune and, we and could sit is, we could do a whole episode now with said, what's going to happen in with, with one i didn't know year. starman over its run made more Starman, according to my chart, made twenty eight million seven hundred thousand. Twenty eight million, yeah. It, well, he Jeff Bridges was a nominate was nominated for best actor, and I think maybe Karen Allen was nominated too. Um, December seventeenth. It, it did not open huge. It opened at number six, but it must have just stuck around. Uh, December seventeenth, we get the river. Uh, kind of a midweek release. December nineteenth, we started breaking. Hey, let's end the year breaking. We get breaking two. Electric Boogaloo. I didn't know they came out in the same year. I didn't yeah. either. That was the most shocking thing I saw Holy when I looked up this information. By the way, shit. we've got to talk to uh, $15 million. Nick about that. $15 million. So Breaking comes out and made how much? I mean, I just want to uh, know. I just want to know did. They made they a had, lot they, of money. They had to not have planned that, right? Breaking came out, and they said, "Oh crap!" They made a lot had of money. Had to shoot it, yeah, yeah, yeah. this out because I think I think there actually was in the documentary about how they sped through that, and it's not. Well, I mean, we did get that great story out of Mick that involved moving. And say, May in May, Breaking came out and made thirty-six million dollars. By December. They have breaking two out and it makes fifty. I thought there was a canon films. According to Box Office Mojo, they were made for TriStar. Oh, I thought they were canon. I think they're canon. I don't I think, think they're, this they're is in the right. canon documentary. I don't think yeah. this is correct at all. They have the other canon ones here, like missing in action, but I don't think this is correct at all. Um, yeah, I don't think that's correct. Anyway, they yeah, were breaking two rushed out December 19th and makes $15 million. Um, and if, if, if I've learned anything, the movies don't lie to me, Joe. Hence <laughs> why I had to watch the Glenn Miller biopic in seventh grade music class. Oh my god! On VHS because um, I'm old. <laughs> Let it go, Chad. Let it go. Um, that damn whippersnappers. Uh, so Peter Coyote did Home Depot commercial. <laughs> Shit. December twenty first. Um. Birdie comes out is the lowest earner makes it's a drama jazz as it should be uh lowest earner uh but I got a bird tonight come out drama let me do these in order Johnny Dangerously there's four comedies that come out with it 
Johnny, Johnny Dangerously. Dangerously. The sneaky baby. <laughs> that's one that people remember that I actually I'm going to I'm, I like, but I'm going to shit on. It's not as good as people rem- think no, it is. No, it is uh, not. You hush your mouth. It's got Weird Al on the soundtrack. That's all that matters. $17 million, a little bit over. Uh, however, it is beat by the Flamingo Kid. Oh, my God. Anybody want to talk about the Flamingo Kid? Because I don't remember it. I, I, don't I remember. barely remember it. And two movies are within $100,000 of each other. One of them is Mickey and Maude. By the way, if you said, can we squeeze in one more Dudley Moore movie? Yes, we can. Mickey and Maude, a bigamist must keep his wives from meeting each other, which becomes tricky when they're both pregnant. Anybody well, remember would. Mickey and Maude? Well, it would be tricky. Uh, it stars Dudley Moore and Richard Mulligan. And Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn pops up again. I'm sorry. I like Richard Mulligan, but I know, I know. Uh, but the the other big comedy that actually makes more and technically earns the most out of the movies released. By the way, that was called. I just want to say that Mickey and Maude, Joe, James left the buried the lead on that, directed by Blake Edwards. Oh, okay. yeah. And by the way, I, the uh, the other movie that uh, with uh, Burt Reynolds and Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. City Heat, written by Blake Edwards. I didn't. Oh, know that, that may. You know what? That probably makes a little sense. I wonder if he was originally going to direct it. Um, Buck Henry and and uh, Charles Shire. Uh, Buck Henry did this. Uh, the thing Protocol was a movie that made the most that weekend in mm-hmm. his run. With that Goldie would be Hawn. Goldie Hawn, Chris Sarandon, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, and Ed Begley Jr. Of course. Now that being said, so that was December twenty first. We get one more after Christmas release. It's a drama, Chad called mrs soffle however <laughs> i want to bring up one movie that was technically released <laughs> in december of 1984 but the chart i have can't tell me when it was released in 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 1984 in december but i've got to bring it up because now i need to see this movie frankenstein's great aunt tilly a comedy jennifer a comedy horror sci-fi film about the descendants of Baron Frankenstein returning to the family castle to search for the family fortune that is supposed to be hidden there. Written and directed by Myron J. Gold, starring Donald Pleasance, June Wilkinson, Aldo Ray, Edward, Edgar Vivar, a couple other people. Uh, but I literally was sitting there waiting, Donald Pleasance in a, in a comedy with Aldo Ray? I need to see this film. So it, by the way, did not make enough money to chart, which is why they don't know exactly when it was released or if it was released as Poster part of looks a traveling like it was, show. It's got a 2.5 out of 10. Aldo Ray was a famous in the 50s actor, correct? Yeah. Tarantino has talked about him before, and I, I'm trying to think of a movie that he's in, and I'm apologizing to everyone, but I'm having a tough time trying to remember. Um, see, he was in The Secret of Nim. <laughs> We're No Angels. The day they robbed the bank in England. Mm. Oh, and Jaja Gabor is in it as well, I should say. But it was, it was a, uh, it was filmed in UK, in the Mexico, and the USA. So it was in the Mexico. In the Mexico, uh, and it, it was filmed in both black and white and color with a mono sound mix. So you know it's got to be great, Joe. Yeah, even Frank like Sands, the- great Aunt Tilly. And if you look at the poster, that is just finery. Uh, so, uh, that, but that's it. That's 1984. But again, as we talked about, 
Beverly Hills Cop, Gremlins, Karate Kid, Ghostbusters, Dudley Moore in every fourth movie. I mean, what more could you want from? Yeah, it is a little odd that there was that many Dudley Moore films. I was watching a documentary for, if most of you don't know, he he was famous. He did a comedy with Peter Cook, and Peter Cook talking, not begrudgingly, but a little bit of, well, you know, he went to Hollywood, worked really hard, became a. Because I don't think people remember Dudley Moore being a star, but he was. Yeah. Oh, I mean, and I can remember. Arthur I mean, was a huge film. Ten was a huge film. Blake Edwards. It was a huge Blake Edwards film. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it was, and, and as quote unquote, as recently as a critic, the the TV show. Yeah. I mean, they make fun of Dudley Moore all the time for being a drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it was it was part of the pop culture, you know. Well, 1984, gentlemen, it gave us Ghostbusters and Gremlins. I don't remember anything else. It gave us a lot of crap, too, as we showed. I mean, it did give us a lot of crap, but I tell you, there's some of those movies on there, like The NeverEnding Story and The Last Starfighter, that are very much part of my heart. Yeah. I haven't watched The Last Starfighter in a long time. I wonder if my kid would get bored with it. That may be something I can actually show him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's been 1984. Tune in next week when we do 1985. <laughs> Are we? Last you know what? We do these, though. And oddly enough, some people really do enjoy these. Mick, Mick has loved them. I mean, that's, um, he, he prefers, well, actually, I think he prefers this over the guests, but I mean, some people do enjoy them. I actually enjoy going through them because I'm always shocked, especially yeah. the 80s ones. Yeah, well, and like I said, it just to think Ghostbusters versus Gremlins and how both of them captured popular culture. In all fair, and in it, it, you look at everything that came prior to the Ghostbusters in that year, no wonder it was huge. I mean, good God, there was nothing. <laughs> well, there was Star Trek, there was Police Academy, there was Indiana Jones. There was, I mean, a lot of these, and, and James is right, <clears throat> all these movies are either having another sequel, a remake, already have ghostbusters already has a sequel shot to it i mean it was already been remade once i mean they've never the 80s have never left they have never left the only thing that's lasted longer than the 80s is 2020 timely even yeah that is time timely but even in politics and i want to get politics reaganomics all this stuff you know government's bad none of that shit has ever left no the 80s has stayed for 40 years for better or for worse for better or for worse yeah <clears throat> all right guys well this has been bonehead weekly anything else to say about 84 do you think speaking of the 80s do you think now would be a timely thing for me to finally pitch my uh my uh drama based on dukakis no although i did watch the movie about gary hart a while back oh yeah uh, with hugh jackman yeah yeah. And that was I, interesting. I that was one where I'm like, I bet that's good, but I'm not gonna pay to see it. You know what I mean? Like it was not like, I didn't pay for see it either. It was one of those you catch on and it's it's you just DVR it and watch it later. Well that's what I was saying. I mean, but because uh, when it got released, I was like, I mean, it sounds interesting, but I don't know anybody that's going to jump up and be like, I have got to see this Gary Hart film. No, I agree. All right, guys. Well, this has been 84.